people will never remain free if they are not willing, if need be, to fight for their vital interests. In this present crisis, government is not the solution to our problem. Government is the problem. Praise Yahweh and pass the ammunition. Restoration Hour with Pastor Eli James. All right, welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Pastor Eli James here. This is Eurofolk Radio. Today is August 6, 2022. And I have decided to do a commemoration of an event that happened in Milwaukee, Wisconsin in 2011, which was a brutal assault on white people by mobs of blacks at the Wisconsin State Fair. And uh, so I've uh, provided a couple of links. One is uh, an article about that event by Red State, which... uh, by red is meant Republican, <laughs> but they're just as communistic as dem- as Democrats these days. And that is the speech that I gave actually about a year later after the event, uh, right outside the border of uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for the National Socialist Movement, who were protesting the fact of black violence against white people in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I don't know if it's uh, as bad anymore. Maybe, well, it's, it's gone national, put it that way. And as you can see, what happened in uh, in southern Wisconsin with uh, Kyle Rittenhouse in, uh, in, in that town there. I forget the name of the town now. Oshkosh is it's just south of Oshkosh, Wisconsin, right, uh, right by the Illinois border where uh, Kyle Rittenhouse defended himself against three, in this case, Antifa thugs, who are just as uh, wicked as Black Lives Matter thugs, okay? So, uh, but here's here's what we have to do. We have to start defending ourselves as white people from all of these assaults. Now, I think, of course, maybe since the what was it, 2020 riots across the country, uh, combined riots by Black Lives Matter and Antifa, the Jew World Order has decided, well, let's just kill them all (laughs) with drugs, with hypodermics, and uh, with uh, poisoned food, with chemtrails, etc., etc. So, I haven't seen any big demonstrations by blacks and Antifa against whites, against our cities, since the George Floyd demonstrations. So it's quite possible they just decided, well, we're not going to bother with that anymore, especially since many of our corporate buddies, (laughs) like Starbucks and and the big, uh, big spending stores, on Michigan Avenue with the so-called Magnificent Mile of Chicago had all their windows smashed in and etc. that 
maybe they decide, well, let's not do that again. <laughs> that, that, that cost our businesses way too much. And I remember, even, even though most of the damage occurred downtown, just about every business in the city of Chicago was boarded up for fear that there would be another uh, ransacking of the city by Antifa and Black Lives Matter. So, but this was downplayed as a, you know, uh, oh, a a justified demonstration against the murder of a black guy, actually a a black criminal who was wanted on various charges and was just coming back from trying to murder his girlfriend. (laughs) So that, those details are totally left out of the mainstream discussion. So anyway, let's get to it. Uh, by the way, if I have time, there's uh, the Commonwealth Games in London had an opening ceremony that was devoted to bail. And they had a gigantic bull <laughs> being dragged through the stadium at the London Commonwealth Games. And uh, if there's time today, I will report on that as well. Uh, really shocking. Well, of course, we know, and uh, thanks to my friend Chris in London, who informed me that the Rothschilds have an annual parade dedicated to Gog and Magog. How about that? Gog and Magog. Of course, that's in the city, that the banking district of the city of London. The, the crown, as they call it. The real crown is the banking district, not Queen Elizabeth. Her crown is secondary. She has to knock on the door of the banker's uh, area in order to be let in. So it it shows you who the real power is in the city of London. But let's get to it here. Zionism and the coming race war. And, of course, this is posted on January 12, 2014. And uh, I gave the speech, I think, uh, Earlier than that, I think it was maybe 2012, about a year after those riots in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Oh, but here, no, actually, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I want to quote the uh, story from uh, from what happened in Milwaukee first. And so this, let me put this in the chat room. I may have forgotten to do this. Put this in the chat. This is the story from, oh, yeah, no, I already did. Okay, this in there. So here we go. Black race attacks on white speaks volumes. And this is dated August 10th, 2011. Now, I also joined the National Socialist Movement for another demonstration shortly after these attacks took place. And... It was a protest against black-on-white violence. And I arrived there late because I had to drive up from Chicago to Milwaukee. And it was very interesting that I did arrive there late because as I was parking my car, I saw two tall, skinny guys dressed in black going through the parking lot And as I was leaving my car to go to join the demonstration, I heard a pop and an air hiss. I turned around and I I actually saw the Antifa guy 
taking the knife out of the tire, and uh, had to be a switchblade, folding it up and then running like hell. Okay, so I heard the noise. I saw him run away. I saw I saw him with the knife in his hand, and he had targeted the car of the organizer of our demonstration. So he must have saw him parking his vehicle. So I happened to arrive on the scene just in time to witness this. And so I told the parking lot attendant, hey, this guy just uh, you know, punched a hole in the tire of a parked car in a parking lot. Uh, are you going to do anything? <laughs> well, actually, that guy took off like a bat out of hell, and there's no way that he was going to be found. You know, it's just, well, although... It's easy to describe a lot of these Black Lives Matter and Antifa, especially Antifa people, dressed in all black. And he would have been easy to spot, but it would have taken, you know, at least 20, 30 minutes for the police to arrive. And the parking lot attendant wasn't going to do anything. So that, that was that. So I contacted the organizer and told him that uh, somebody had just punctured the tire on his car. And this was already late in the afternoon. This was like 4 o'clock in the afternoon. And he said, well, okay, I don't have a spare tire, so let's go see if we drive around and see if we can get a spare tire. Well, Milwaukee is not like Chicago. It, it closes up at 5 o'clock on Saturdays. It just closes up, right? So I said, okay, well, we better find a tire shop real quick because we need to get this, you know, take the wheel off, and uh, get a replacement, have a shop put a new tire on it so we can replace the tire. You can go home. Otherwise, you have to spend the night in Milwaukee. Or I, I, I suppose I could have driven them home so they could, uh, and, and I would have to stay with them for the next morning. And then we'd, But that would be Sunday. So I would have had to stay two days at their place before getting home. So we rushed through the south side of Milwaukee to find a tire shop. We finally found a tire shop. And they put a new tire on his uh, wheel hub, and then we took it back and replaced it on his vehicle so they could drive home. So this is what you're dealing with in terms of Black Lives Matter and Antifa. These these people are violent. They have no scruples. And yet the mass media, which we know, of course, is Jew-owned, does absolutely nothing. And the police really do nothing either. So... Here's an article again, Black Race Attacks on Whites Speak Volumes. Again, the date is August 10, 2011. The Thursday, August 4th racial attacks by a mob of black youths against white people outside the Wisconsin State Fair near Milwaukee are an indicator of where this nation is going. After decades of indoctrination about slavery, discrimination, and racism, Young blacks have increasingly felt that they can openly attack innocent white people without fear. And yes, they can. Reported uh, about Wisconsin attacks, something missing here, TMJ4. Oh, okay. TMJ4.com is the Milwaukee Journal, probably Channel 4 in Milwaukee. Reported TMJ4.com about the Wisconsin attacks, quote, it looked like they were just going after white guys, white people, said Norm Rofers of Wind Lake in an interview with News Radio 620 WTMJ, and WTMJ stands for the Milwaukee Journal. He left the state fair entrance near the corner of South 84th Street and West Schlinger Avenue in West Dallas. 
It was 100% racial, claimed Eric, an Iraq war veteran from St. Francis, who says young people beat on his car. Quote, I had a black couple on my right side, and these black kids were running in between all the cars, and they were pounding on my doors and trying to open up doors on my car, and they didn't do one thing to this black couple that was in the car right next to us. They just kept walking right past their car. They were looking at everybody's windshield as if they were running by and seeing who was white and who was black. I guarantee it, he said, unquote. And here's the kicker, quote, As of early Friday morning, Milwaukee police said they had no one in custody. In Peoria, Illinois, a mob of blacks marched down the street in June, attacking whites and shouting, Kill all the white people! There have been no arrests in that case either. In Philadelphia and Chicago, black flash mobs have been involved in mayhem, beatings, and theft. Yet, if a group of white cops manhandles a black rapist for resisting an arrest, it is a national scandal. And, of course, we know it got really horrible in 2020 with the the nationwide riots by Black Lives Matter and and Tifa. I'll just call them Black Tifa. (laughs) What we are witnessing is how 50 years of black power indoctrination and welfare state handouts have backfired and corrupted black America in myriad ways. The inner cities of America are rife with murder, violence, drug dealing, illegitimacy, stabbings, shootings, mayhem, and failure, while the handouts create only dependency, sloth, and more poverty. And anger and racist hatred of white people, which is part of the democratic formula. Yeah, they want us to be at each other's throats. Because with every handout comes the black power message. Quote, here's your check. And by the way, your plight is white America's fault. Yeah, but so, so is the, the check that they're getting. It's paid for by middle, middle class white Americans. You, black America, but they, they don't know that. They, that just comes from the government. You, black America, bear no responsibility for your problems. So it's okay to cash this check and then to attack the people who are causing your problems, the white people. And don't forget Obama's entreaty to his supporters, quote, Punish your enemies. And the Democratic mantra repeated over and over that America is a racist nation. This is code language to spur black violence against whites. This is all a travesty stemming from a racist agenda. In fact, it is black America and the Democrat Party, and of course the Jews, that have created hopelessness and violence among young blacks. And LBJ, he's the one who started all this in uh, his so-called war on poverty. The Democrats control the failed schools in the cities, control the urban governments that are corrupt in every way, control the black culture, which is laced with messages of failure. It is the Democratic Party and the ACLU that are more Jews. The Democratic Party is run by Jews that make young black males think that Letting their underwear show when their pants hang down is the real goal of civil rights. After no arrests were made in the Wisconsin beatings, the question is, why not? If this were a mob of whites attacking blacks, the entire state of Wisconsin would be under lockdown and every news outlet in America would be there with the satellite trucks and every potential witness within 10 miles would be interrogated in order to identify the attackers. But you can expect the liberals who run Milwaukee to look the other way, including the cops. 
After all, they do not want to ever contravene the racial template in America, which is that blacks are always victims and never perpetrators. What a sick joke. Indeed, the black power Democrats will support the template by treating the Wisconsin attacks as just a bunch of rowdy kids rather than the racial thugs that populate much of black America. And while CNN is showcasing an attack by white kids on a black man in Mississippi, CNN made no mention of the Wisconsin attacks. Why not? It is a major story. Yeah, I remember they were dragging white motorcyclists off their motorcycles. There was an attack on a a little white child in a stroller, a vicious attack on a little white child in a stroller, and the cops did absolutely nothing. If it were a mob of whites attacking blacks, however, Obama would have had a press conference on it by now, like the time he ran to the microphones to say that the white police in Cambridge, Massachusetts, had acted stupidly in arresting a black Harvard professor, even though Obama did not even have the facts in the case. In other words, he simply was parroting the template set up by the Democrat Party and the media left in America over the last 50 years. White's bad, black's good. Okay, so here again we see in this article by the Red State the utter lack, either deliberate or through ignorance, of the fact that it's Judeo-communism that is behind all of these attacks against white people. So our people better wake up and understand that this is a race war and not just a welfare state issue. This is totally 100% a race war financed by the Rothschilds, George Soros, although George Soros was the name known in those days, but there were other uh, radical left-wing billionaires already in America doing this. You can include the American Jewish Committee, American Jewish Congress, etc., etc. Of course, B'nai B'rith, the uh, the top dog secret society of the Jews here in America. Of course, one of the most prominent civil rights leaders, the anti-white bigot Al Sharpton, came to national prominence in 1986, falsely accusing a group of white men of raping a black teenager named Tawana Brawley. Has Sharpton ever suffered a moment for for that or apologized? Of course not. He has been advanced and rewarded handsomely for having the gall to do it. Because in the world of leftist Democrats, blacks may commit any travesty against whites from bearing false witness to racial attacks like Wisconsin and Peoria without judgment. This indeed is the most frightening outcome of the Democrats' control of black America and one of the reasons that many blacks are suffering the way they are because the violence is not just directed at whites. Most of it is directed within, at blacks, by blacks. And of course, even the head of the police department in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, said the same thing, that you reporters don't report the black-on-black crime and who is responsible for it. And this is the great untold story about race in America, the destruction of blacks by blacks. In fact, the great untold story is how leftist control of black America is the single factor doing the most destruction to black America. Through control of every facet of black life, Democrats have delivered a stick in the eye to black America at every turn and a bullet to the groin. Very good. The truth spoken plainly without mentioning the JQ. All right, so this is the atmosphere 
of the city of Milwaukee when I gave this speech. And, uh, you know, I think it was in West Dallas, which is just west of the city of Milwaukee, where we held a rally. And, of course, we had to have barriers, chain link fences all around where the park that we were giving the talk, giving speeches. And there was a mob of blacks on the other side of the fence. And, of course, white liberals. Uh, I don't know if we named them, called them Antifa yet in those days. And I'm not sure if Black Lives Matter was a, a, a strong slogan already in 2011, 2012. But it sure is today. Okay, but it's the same crowd of people, all financed by the ADL. Of course, the Anti-Defamation League. So here is the speech that I gave in the city of West Dallas on September 3rd, 2011, protesting the anti-white flash mobs that ruthlessly attacked defenseless whites during the Wisconsin State Fair. Quote, When a government becomes powerful, it is destructive, extravagant, and violent. It is an usurer. They had a they had a Jewish problem in those days too, which takes bread from innocent mouths and deprives honorable men of their substance for votes with which to perpetrate or perpetuate itself. So let, let me uh, repeat this last phrase of the sentence here. It is an usurer which takes bread from innocent mouths and deprives honorable men of their substance for votes with which to perpetuate itself. So this has been going the welfare state and the uh, bribing of lower class people to vote for the usury party (laughs) has been going on since 54 BC and even earlier because this is Cicero. Speaking of Rome, as George Santayana once said, quote, those who refuse to learn from history are condemned to repeat it. And repeating it, we are, because the educational system dumbed us down to the point where we can barely read, and we certainly don't want to be confronted with unpopular facts, not to mention our own faults and our own gullibility. It's much easier to point at a minority group such as white patriots and blame us for all of your problems. What is happening in America today happened in Spain during the Murano period, when the Jews took over the Catholic Church, then by pretending to be Catholics. It happened during the French Revolution, when the Jews subverted France with their secret societies, the Jacobins, the Freemasons, and the Illuminati. It happened in Russia when the Jewish Bolsheviks took over that country by stealth and then by force, murdering 66 million Christians in the process. It happened in Weimar, Germany, when the Zionists at the Versailles Conference demanded that Germany be stripped of its wealth in order to pay for World War I. But the Zionists had already made billions off off the war. Their only interest was in punishing Germany. Then the Jewish money changers impoverished the German people by creating a hyperinflation, which was not alleviated until Hitler instituted a new financial system based on the Lincoln Greenback. That is government money, 
not private banker money. Until Hitler did this, Germany was at the mercy of the ruthless international banksters. And because Hitler solved Germany's financial crisis by throwing out the Jewish money changers, world Jewry declared economic war against Germany in 1933, with Samuel Untermeyer being their spokesman. The American people, who were still in the midst of the Great Depression, could not be allowed to know that government money can create prosperity, while bankster currency always causes instability and chaos. Here are some quotations by and about the Jews, who were thenceforth engaged in a boycott of the German people. Quote, Judea, they didn't call themselves Israel yet. You may recall the show that I did on the subject that the Jews were going to call the Israeli state Judea, but at the very last, just the, the very evening before, before they were getting ready to declare the Jewish state, they were still debating what to call it, and they finally decided on Israel. The better to fool you with, my dear little Red Riding Hood. That's how deceitful and conniving and cunning these people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Swamp Fox. Yeah, it, it was much better. It's much better now, 11 years later. Exactly, right? Uh, Tongue-in-cheek, of course. Yeah, of course, it's gotten much worse. Although, it's not so much black-on-white violence since the George Floyd attacks because they've instituted their global lockdown, which is just as bad as killing white people and, and, the, and the jabs, which are killing white people, because this is all aimed at, at white people. And if a few, if a few blacks and Latinos and, and uh, Chinamen get killed, so no, no problem. You know, the collateral damage. Collateral damage. Okay, so let me repeat this quotation here. Judea declares war on Germany. Jews of all the world unite, boycott of German goods, mass demonstrations, unquote. These were all headlines in the London Daily Express on March 24, 1933. Quote, the Israel people, the Israeli people around the world declare economic and financial war against Germany. 14 million Jews stand together as one man to declare war against Germany. The Jewish wholesale wholesaler will forsake his firm, the banker his stock exchange, the merchant his commerce, and the pauper his pitiful shed in order to join together in a holy war against Hitler's people. Unquote. Again, from the London Daily Express, March 24, 1933. Of course, that was boastfulness. Obviously, none of these Jews left Germany. <laughs> they, had to, they had to be shipped out via the transfer agreement, which was a Zionist idea, and they actually paid the Germans to ship the Jews out because the, the Germans had it so good in Germany, they didn't want to leave. Another quote. Each of you, Jew and Gentile alike, who has not already enlisted in this sacred war, should do so now and here. It is not sufficient that you should buy no goods made in Germany. You must refuse to deal with any merchant or shopkeeper who sells any German-made goods or who patronizes German ships or shipping. We will undermine the Hitler regime and bring the German people to their senses by destroying their 
export trade on which their very existence depends, unquote. Samuel Untermeyer in a radio broadcast on WABC, New York, August 6, 1933, reported in the New York Times, August 7, 1933. So, who started World War II? A boycott is an act of war. Just like, well, we boycotted Iran and Iraq. That's an act of war, folks. Economic war, which causes lots of deaths. Joining with Samuel Untermeyer in calling for a war against Germany, Bernard Baruch, at the same time, Bernard Baruch was FDR's chief advisor. And of course, FDR was part Jewish. The Delano branch of his family was Jewish. And he, his administration was loaded with Jews, even worse than the Joe Biden administration. Bernard Baruch, at the same time, was promoting preparations for war against Germany. Quote, I emphasize that the defeat of Germany and Japan and their elimination from world trade would give Britain a tremendous opportunity to swell her foreign commerce in both volume and profit, unquote. Said Baruch, in the public years, by Bernard, oh, the, the title of the book is Baruch, the public years, by Bernard and Baruch, page 347. Samuel Untermeyer was a Jewish leader and close friend of Presidents Wilson and Roosevelt. Bernard Baruch was a presidential advisor to Wilson, Roosevelt, and Truman. Quote, war in Europe in 1934 was inevitable, says Henry Morgenthau. Secretary, another Jew, Secretary of the U.S. Treasury, quoted in The Palestine Plot by B. Jensen, page 11, printed by John McKinley, 1115 King Street, per Scotland. Quote, for months now, the struggle against Germany is waged by each Jewish community. At each conference in all our syndicates, including the mob, and by each Jew all over the world. There is a reason to believe that our part in this struggle has general value. We will trigger a spiritual and material war of all the world against Germany's ambitions to become once again a great nation. Wasn't any uh, inkling that they wanted to rule the world just to become a great nation, to recover lost territories and colonies. But our Jewish interests demand the complete destruction of Germany. Let me repeat that. But our Jewish interests demand the complete destruction of Germany. Collectively and individually, the German nation is a threat to us Jews, unquote. Vladimir Jabotinsky, founder of the Jewish terrorist group Irgun Zvi Liumi, in Masha Rech, that's probably a place in uh, Russia, or Eastern Europe anyway, January 1934, also quoted in Histoire de Allemand by Jacques Benoit Meschen, volume 4, page 303. So the Jews were not shy about calling for the destruction of the German people. Uh, was there maybe a, a Holocaust being planned by the Jews against Germany? There sure was, folks. Dresden was the last Holocaust fire. Let's continue. Quote, Hitler will have no war, does not want war. 
but we will force it on him. Not this year, but soon, said Emil Ludwig Kohn in Les Annales, June 1934, also quoted in his book, The New Holy Alliance. Quote, we Jews are going to bring a war upon Germany. David A. Brown, National Chairman, United Jewish Campaign, 1934, quoted in I Testify Against the Jews by Robert Edward Edmondson on page 188, and The Jewish War of Survival by Arnold Lease, page 52. Quote, We want to bring about a deep hatred for the Germans, for German soldiers, sailors, and airmen. We must hate until we win, said Lord Beaverbrook, quoted in Niemals by Heinrich Goitsch. Niemals means never. Quote, there is only one power which really counts, the power of political pressure. We Jews are the most powerful people on earth because we have this power and we know how to apply it. Again, Vladimir Jabotinsky, Jewish Daily Bulletin, July 27th, 1935. No, there's no such thing as a Jewish conspiracy against the white people. Quote, before the end of the year, an economic bloc of England, Russia, France, and the USA will be formed to bring the German and Italian economic systems to their knees. Unquote. Paul Dreyfus, La Vie de Tanger, May 15, 1938. Of course, Hitler outsmarted them by creating his own money. As happened, and, uh, and, doing, and what did he do with it? He had an infrastructure building campaign, put Germany back to work. And Germany was the only country that got out of the depression, which was a global depression, before the end of the war. Okay? So, and how did he do it? He got rid of all the Jewish banksters and created a, a system of money that with, which bypassed Jewish, the entire Jewish operation. So let's continue. As happened during the Weimar Republic, the same type of financial chaos is happening today in America, where the Jews of the Federal Reserve Bank and their monopolistic corporations have taken control of America's economy, along with control of our domestic and foreign policies. The reason why the Jews have been expelled from virtually every country they have inhabited is because they always take control of that nation's finances and impoverish the native people. America, you have been royally brainwashed by organized Jewry, and by organized Jewry, I mean the Anti-Defamation League, the American Israel Public Affairs Committee, the Southern Poverty Law Center, the American Jewish Committee, the American Jewish Congress, the World Jewish Congress, and hundreds of other lesser Jewish groups, all of which use their money, power, and influence to turn the nations in which they live into Jewish proxies. Quote, today the Jews rule this world by proxy. They get others to fight and die for them, unquote. Prime Minister of Malaysia, Mahathir Mohammed, October 17th, 2013. Indeed, folks, there are people besides Christian identity who understand the Jewish problem. And of course, that problem has not gone away. It has gone totally global. And now what they're doing is they're exterminating white people en masse with their drugs 
and their shots and their wars and their lockdowns. This is the end times, folks. This is the Battle of Armageddon. Anybody who can't see that this is the Battle of Armageddon is not paying attention. You're not going to get raptured. <laughs> You're not going to... All of you people who believe in, in the rapture, you should have been raptured by now because it's come home to your front door. The lockdown and the jab are at your front door, if not already in your body. So you're not going to get raptured. America, you need to know who your real enemy is. We have only one enemy. It is organized Jewry, the people who are the very descendants of the Pharisees, who executed Jesus Christ. John 1 states that Jesus would not walk among the Jews because the Jews sought to kill him. And they are still killing Christians and people of all other faiths and nationalities with their international finance and their staged wars. The House of Rothschild began staging wars in this fashion since 1815 when Wellington defeated Napoleon at Waterloo. With their control of the press, you hear constantly about how evil their enemies are. But the voices of those who are oppressed by them can barely be heard beneath the din of Jewish propaganda. You have heard it said by a combination of liberals, Jews, and communists, and lately by the Judeo-Christian churches. That white racism is the greatest of all evils. That strife between nations is caused by white racism. And that whites oppress non-whites. None of these accusations are true because there is a far greater evil in the world today. And that is the world Jewish economic system. It is called Mystery Babylon in chapters 17 and 18 of the book of Revelation, which describes their world empire of merchandise. Yeah, they mer mer merchandise of people, sex trafficking, prostitution, selling body parts. Here are some verses from chapter 18. Quote, this is Revelation, of course, for all nations, the United Nations, that is, have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her, and the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through the abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, that you be not partakers of her sins, and that you receive not of her plagues. I have to commend Chuck Baldwin, who went on record this week against the Israeli state, telling people that the Israelis are not the Jews are not Israel, and we should not support, and they don't fulfill the Genesis 12, 3 prophecy, which they claim is about themselves. Of course, we know that they're not even a Shemitic people. And so if I have time at the end of today's show, I'll see if I can uh, drag, drag that uh, quotation up. Anyway, those plagues of Mystery Babylon are here, folks. Financial ruin, homosexuality, lost jobs, lost homes, kidnapped and molested children, the breakdown of marriage, the breakdown of morality, honesty, modesty, etc. All these corruptions have increased in amplitude since the Rothschilds, the world's premier banking family, established the United Nations Organization by which their global corporations of banking and commerce dictate terms to us, their victims. 
The UN Charter was written by a committee headed by Nelson Rockefeller, an international capitalist, and Alger Hiss, an international communist. It was the UNO, a global corporation, which created the Israeli state on May 15, 1948. That uh, dirty little stinking rotten place called, well, I shouldn't demean the Palestinian people, called Israel. Israel. You Christians ought to recall that the first thing that Jesus did when he entered into the city of Jerusalem was to fashion a whip with his own hands, and he used that whip to drive the money changers out of the temple. Unfortunately, the Christian world has let the money changers back into the throne of government and into the temple of the church with their 501c3 tax-exempt status, preventing them from criticizing particular groups, such as Jews and homosexuals. And now these money changers have taken total control of the world's commerce of goods and ideas. Everything that comes from the mainstream media is carefully censored by Zionist editors who work for one or more Jewish-owned media conglomerates. You will never get the truth from these people as they are all Zionists and communists to the core. Of course, Trump alerted the people that mass media is nothing but fake news, but he never said anything about the Jews. If you take a look at our movement, the white nationalist movement, which is a racial segregation movement, not a supremacist movement, you will see that we are not nearly as powerful as the vast right-wing conspiracy that Hillary Clinton dreamed up. The real supremacists are these globalist elitist Jews, oligarchs they are called in Russia, you will see that all we want is to be left alone so that we can live our lives without Jewish interference, just as Germany tried to exist without Jewish interference. But the Jews would not leave Germany alone. Now the Jews won't leave us alone. The Jews demand that we live according to their Talmudic dictates of high finance and political subversion. The money changers are always raising our taxes to support liberals, gays, welfare recipients, and other special interests at the same time, like Israel. At the same time, they say we're evil because we object to confiscatory taxation and unconstitutional money. And the Federal Reserve Bank is unconstitutional because Congress is supposed to issue and regulate the currency. But the Federal Reserve Bank is a private corporation, and it is run purely for the profit of its stockholders, which are all Jewish or elite corporations. Here's a list of the owners of this private corporation, the Federal Reserve Bank, as of 1913, and I don't think it has changed even to this date, the Rothschilds, who also own and control the Bank of England, J. Henry Schroeder Banking Corporation, Lazard Brothers, J.P. Morgan, Warburg Brothers, Kuhn Loeb Company, which was run by Jacob Schiff, the personal agent of N.M. Rothschild, Lehman Brothers, Chase National Bank, owned by the Rockefellers, and Hanover National Bank. Proving that these modern finance capitalists, and they're not really capitalists, they're monopolists, are not at all averse to communism, in May of 1973, Chase Manhattan Bank Chairman David Rockefeller opened its Moscow office at 1 Karl Marx Square, Moscow. The New York office is at 1 Chase Manhattan Plaza. Only two of these finance companies were not owned by Jews, J.P. Morgan and the Rockefellers. 
Uh, I think by the, by the, this time, the, the Rockefellers have converted to Judaism as well. All of these companies represent the rabber, robber barons of old. Yes, they do. They are monopolists, international thieves and racketeers, far more powerful and far more evil than Al Capone, Bugsy Siegel, or Maya Lansky. And these monopolists still control the Federal Reserve Bank today. And of course, Bugsy Siegel and Maya Lansky are also Jews. Of course, Chase National Bank is no more than a national, no more national bank than is the Federal Reserve Bank. And the Federal Reserve Bank is no more federal than Federal Express. The Fed is a private bank run for the profit of its private stockholders, which we just named. Recently, the kept press, or the, Jew, the kosher press, which is totally controlled by Zionist Jews, has been accusing the Tea Party of being racist. Well, the fact is that most taxpayers are white, middle-class people, and these white taxpayers have a right to demand that their money is not wasted on bailing out bankers and on communistic entitlement transfers, which means robbing Peter to buy Tyrone's vote. You will recall that Obama, who promised when I said that the blacks in the audience booed, <laughs> you will recall that Obama, who promised change, did exactly what every previous administration has done. That is, he bailed out the bankers with taxpayers' money. The banksters' bad investments are covered by you and me. Gee, it would be nice that when I make a bad investment, I could charge the taxpayers for my bad business decisions. That's what's going on, folks. And anyone who makes excuses for these banking racketeers is nothing but a whore for the Zionist Jews. Now, let's compare the power that we white nationalists have versus the power wielded by world Jewry. First of all, we white nationalists are not warmongers, like the Jewish Zionists and neocons. We are actually opposed to these wars. Our slogan is, support our troops, bring them home. Obama lied to you when he said he would bring, them, bring change. Well, technically he didn't lie, he never said it would be good change. After pretending to be a dove, he escalated the war by adding 40,000 troops to Afghanistan. And he got the uh, Nobel Peace Prize for that. The war in Iraq is still going on, full force. Despite the absence of the boogeyman, Saddam Hussein, no good change, folks. No good change at all. Second, we patriots are not super-rich moneylenders who prey on borrowers and foreclose on their homes when they can't make their payments. No white nationalist has ever deprived an American of his home. At the same time, the Jewish press conveys the impression that there is an evil Nazi just waiting to bash your heads in. You should know by now that the real violent agitators are communist and deluded blacks who have been taught by the modern Uncle Toms, Jesse Jackson and Al Sharptongue, to blame Whitey for every failure in the black community. We're not the ones who have dumbed them down to the point where they can no longer read. It's the Jewish-led National Education Association that is responsible for that. In recent years, educators have come to recognize that ancient Jewish education anticipated and no doubt indirectly and remotely influenced modern education. Thus, uh, this is a quote, by the way, the thus, the National Education Association of the United States cited the Babylonian Talmud as authority for the maximum class size of 25 pupils. 
and that's uh, Talmud BB21A, quoted from the Jewish Virtual Library Online. Uh, let me re- let me requote this, folks, because I I already understood in my youth. <laughs> let's see, 46, 56, 66, uh, and then when uh, Carter was president, like 72. So I was 35, 36 years old when this was coming down, and I already understood that this was a totally Jewish coup against public education in America. Again, quoting from the Jewish Virtual Library Online, in recent years, educators have come to recognize that ancient Jewish education anticipated and no doubt indirectly and remotely influenced, remotely? How about directly and (laughs) hands-on modern education? Thus, the National Education Association of the United States cited the Babylonian Talmud as authority for a maximum class size of 25 pupils. Well, we wouldn't want those Jewish educators to be overworked now, would we? Third, we are not slum landlords. The Jews hold that distinction by far. Fourth, we do not oppress minority groups. The vast majority of our people are just trying to keep their jobs and make ends meet, just like the rest of you white folks. The difference between you and us is that we know who the real oppressors are. The Jews have been brainwashing you into believing that we are the evil ones. And, of course, they're still doing that today. Nothing has changed. Fifth, we do not get any entitlement money like the homosexuals, the abortionists, the warmongers, the welfare recipients, the global educators, the UN, or the Israeli state. Your tax money is extorted from you so that your civilization is being destroyed by your own government in collusion with the Zionists. The big money for social change is all on the left with the tax-exempt corporations leading the charge in these failed social experiments. The tax-exempt corporations, since they pay no taxes, are actually being supported by you, the taxpayer, to undermine our way of life. Sixth, none of us have ever owned slaves. Yet blacks and other liberals continuously throw a 150-year-old charge in our faces as if we owe them something for what a few slave owners did before the Civil War. With all of the advantage that blacks have gotten from affirmative racism, it's amazing that they haven't caught up with us yet. (laughs) Instead, the black flash mobs who have been victimizing whites exclusively go home from their rampages to free housing, free education, free food, free medical care, and all the expenses of the same white taxpayers they just beat up, or at the expense of the same white taxpayers they just beat up on the streets of Milwaukee. Where's the gratitude for our generosity, black man? I want to see some gratitude for these entitlements paid for by me and the other white taxpayers of America. There's an old saying, don't bite the hand that feeds you. If you don't stop these completely unjustified attacks, the Second Amendment will come into play. I guarantee it. Close, folks, we were very, very close to that day. If you want to talk about reparations, 
The Bible says that the children cannot be held responsible for the sins of their parents, Ezekiel 18. So why do you want to make us pay for something that only a small fraction of Southerners ever did? Isn't that prejudice? Prejudice is blaming a whole race for the sins of a few. As long as I can remember, the liberals have been railing against the very concept of prejudice. Then why in the world are they practicing it against us, innocent white folks, who have actually been feeding, housing, and educating the same blacks who hate us so much that they go out in flash mobs to deprive us of our life and liberty? You know what, folks? I don't think this experiment in racial integration is working very well. I think it's a miserable failure. This former white nation has been sold a bill of goods by our Jewish slave masters, the money changers of the Federal Reserve Bank. One more thing about slavery. If blacks want reparations, they should present the bill to the Jews of Wall Street, whose ancestors owned most of the slave ships and were the actual slave dealers and auctioneers. Yes, white plantation owners bought them, but the Jews were the dealers. The slave auctions were often suspended on Saturdays, the Jewish Sabbath, because the auctions were held by Jews. Quote, Jewish merchants played a major role in the slave trade. In fact, in all the American colonies, whether French, Martinique, British, or Dutch, Jewish merchants frequently dominated the, the slave trade. And numerous uh, citations here, uh, primarily from the uh, book, The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews. And also, uh, let's see, various articles online, okay? Uh, edited by Dr. Mark Lee Raphael of uh, American Jewish History, the Journal of the American Jewish Historical Society at Brandeis University in Massachusetts. So the Jews admit these things, but they don't publicize them. It is also a historical fact that most blacks were sold into slavery by their own tribal chiefs in exchange for rum and other goods, sold to them by Jews, of course. For this reason, blacks are every bit as much to blame for slavery as the Jews and plantation owners. Here are some quotations from the book, The Secret Relationship Between Blacks and Jews, published by the Nation of Islam. Quote, Besides their important position in the sugar industry and in tax farming, they dominated the slave trade. The buyers who appeared at the auctions were almost always Jews, and because of this lack of competitors, they could buy slaves at low prices. According to Jewish scholar Dr. Harold Brackman, during the 1600s, slave trading in Brazil became a Jewish mercantile specialty in much the same way it had been in, nearly, in early medieval Europe. In fact, wrote scholar Jonathan Schorsch, quote, Jewish merchants routinely possessed enormous numbers of slaves temporarily before selling them off. The Jewish Encyclopedia adds that, quote, Jewish commercial activity in this time included a monopoly of the slave trade, unquote. Dr. Marcus Arkin wrote that the Jews of Suriname used, quote, many thousands of black slaves. And Rabbi Herbert I. Bloom added that the slave trade was one of the most important Jewish activities. In 1694, Jews owned 9,000 Africans. 
They protested vehemently when the Gentile authorities decreed that the slaves should have a day off. (laughs) Hey, they're Gentiles. Should they get a day off too? The prominent Jewish historian Dr. Cecil Roth wrote that the slave revolts in parts of South America were largely directed against Jews. And here's a list of the ships owned by Jews, the slave ships. The Abigail, owned by Aaron Lopez, Moses Levy, and Jacob Franks. The Crown, owned by Isaac Levy, uh, sorry, Levy and Nathan Simpson. The Nassau, owned by Moses Levy. Four Sisters, Moses Levy. Anne and Eliza, Justice Bosch and John Abrams. Prudent Betty, Henry Kruger and Jacob Phoenix. Hester, owned by Mordecai and David Gomez. Elizabeth, Mordecai and David Gomez. Antigua, Nathan Marston and Abram Lyle. Betsy, William DeWolf, Polly, James DeWolf, Whitehorse, Jan de Sweets, Expedition, John and Jacob Roosevelt. Oh, Roosevelt. Aha. Uh-huh. Charlotte, Moses and Sam Levy and Jacob Franks, Karakoa, Moses and Sam Levy. Many of these Jews have Dutch and Spanish surnames because the Jewish bankers were allowed to operate in these countries while they were being expelled from other European countries. Hence, Jewry flourished in these two countries during the Middle Ages before they were also expelled for their nefarious activities. So all you black folk who want the reparations for slavery 150 years ago, take your complaint to Wall Street where the Jew banksters do business. It was their ancestors who organized the slave trade, not my ancestors, by the way, They actually have the money for such reparations. We don't. So let's review the situation. These globalist Jews who say that white racism is the cause of all the world's problems are actively engaged in one, promoting international warfare and profiting therefrom. Two, creating a malicious, fraudulent, and unconstitutional private banking system which they have owned and operated since Woodrow Wilson signed the act in 1913. The Jews have controlled the stock of the Fed since the beginning, and most of the chairmen have been Jews, including Eugene Meyer, Paul Volcker, Greenspan, and now Ben Bernanke. Eugene Meyer went on to be the president of Rothschild's World Bank. His daughter, Catherine Meyer Graham, owns the Washington Post. You won't get any accurate information about banking from the Washington Post. And by the way, Eugene Meyer was uh, head of the Federal Reserve Bank for a while. He was also a member of Murder Incorporated. Eugene Meyer, uh, yeah, Meyer Lansky. I think it was Meyer Lansky and, and Joseph Kennedy were the ringleaders of Murder Incorporated during the, uh, during the days of Prohibition. Okay, and that's how organized crime really gained a foothold in America, thanks to Prohibition, which was promoted by the Rockefellers, by the way. In regard to this situation, I quote an article about the appointment of Ben Bernanke, entitled Federal Reserve Chairman, Yet Another Jew, (laughs) by Ian Mosley, quote, 
It is difficult to overstate the importance of the Federal Reserve in maintaining the Judaic control not only of our American economy and politics, but the economy and statecraft of the entire world. Very few people in America even understand what the Federal Reserve is, despite the fact that every single dollar bill in their wallets bears the description Federal Reserve Note. Many people think that they are working to earn American money or U.S. dollars and that the green pieces of paper in their wallets are in some way connected with the United States or backed by the United States government. They are not. They are Federal Reserve notes, privately printed money issued under contract to the U.S. by a Jewish-controlled corporation. Unquote. Oh, I'm sorry. There's more. The Federal Reserve and the Jews who control it have their claws in a stranglehold around America's throat. They alone decide how much money will be in circulation, hence the rate of inflation. They alone decide on prime interest rates, hence the power to inflate huge multinational banks. Yeah, inflate is the right word. And financial institutions with obscene profits or send the American economy crashing down into a depression with a few taps of a computer keyboard and a public announcement. The mighty stock exchange itself is nothing but a toy balloon on a string for the Jews who run the Federal Reserve. They can manipulate the market and stock prices at will and pop the balloon any time they want. America will never be truly free until the Federal Reserve and the Jews who control it have been brought down and replaced by a genuine national currency backed by precious metals, or some other benchmark of real-world value. Okay? Very good. Excellent quotation from Ian Mosley. Let's continue here. And I think we're going to want to take a break in a a bit here, but let's uh, enumerate the ways in which the Jews control America, not us. Okay? There's six points here. Two so far. Three, the genocide of the Palestinian people. You can't hold us responsible for that. We have opposed that at all points. Four, sex slavery. The Israeli state is actively engaged in using white women from Eastern Europe as sex slaves for the so-called nightlife of Israeli Jews, including the rabbis. Five, hypocrisy and duplicity. American Jews have been promoting race mixing here in America since they started coming over from Russia in the late 1800s. Yet in Israel, they build concrete walls between themselves and the Palestinians. The kosher curtain. How is this not apartheid? It is apartheid, Jewish apartheid. But the Jews have a right to survive, you say. Don't we whites have a right to survive too? Who says that we white folk have to support every other race on the planet? Who do you think built the civilization with all of its technical wonders that all races are currently enjoying thanks to the genius and creativity of the white race? There would be no technological wonderland if it weren't for the white race. We'd all still be living in the Middle Ages, or the Stone Age, if it weren't for us. Oh, and by the way, the Jews are returning us to the Dark Ages as we speak. If it's permissible for the Jews to segregate themselves from Palestinians, then it's permissible for whites to segregate themselves from anyone we please. Another old maximum. If it's good for the goose, it's good for the gander. Anything else is hypocrisy and duplicity. Six, another example of Jewish hypocrisy is their promotion of the separation of church and state here in America. But in Israel, only Jews are full citizens. 
Palestinians are murdered in cold blood. Children are used for target practice by IDF soldiers. If this happened in any other country, there would be immediate outrage. But in Israel, it is considered righteous. The Jewish state has a rabbinical council that determines whether an individual is Jewish enough to be counted as a citizen. The black Hebrews of Ethiopia have never been granted equal status with those racist Jews. Have they? (laughs) Okay, I'm going to take a break here, and uh, we'll continue with this document in a bit. Let me uh, pick out a decent song here, and I need to take a quick break. And let's do this one here. Open Sesame. You know what I would like to have, folks? I would like to have some truth. Truth is the basis of civilization. Here we go.
right, folks, back at it. When I uh, get into the kingdom, I want to be the choir director. So, and that's not going to be far off, folks. We're really getting close. <laughs> Mr. Kim Smith puts in a video, African sees a white guy, thinks he's a ghost. Well, that's what the uh, the Klansmen were taking advantage of. That they, The blacks thought they were ghosts. Yeah, and, and, and Seven says, funny, it's our lack of racism that ruins us. Yes, we won't protect our own people. We won't protect ourselves from our own enemies. It's really incredible. Absolutely incredible. Okay. And it is our undoing that we lack the will to save our own people from all our enemies. It's absolutely incredible. That's what, But that's what's happening. Okay. We're too nice. We're too nice. We got to stop being nice. We got to start fighting back. It will happen eventually. But I fear that it may not happen until the second coming. Although I suspect it will start sooner than that, you know, because George Washington's prophecy of uh, a third uh, conflict in America is just about ready to happen. So the, the... the white Americans can't be in the dark forever. It's got to start soon. Okay, so here we go. Let's continue. Jewish hypocrisy is everywhere. All you have to do is look. Jesus said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy, Luke 12.1. And if you think the rabbis of today are any better than the Pharisaic rabbis who murdered Jesus Christ, you've got another guest coming. Here's what the Universal Jewish Encyclopedia has to say about the modern rabbis. Quote, The Jewish religion as it is today traces its descent without a break through all the centuries from the Pharisees. Their leading ideas and methods found expression in a literature of enormous extent of which a very great deal is still in existence. The Talmud is the largest and most important single member of that literature Unquote. That's volume 8, the year 1942, page 474. So the Jews admit to all their crimes. It's just that the Judeo-Christians aren't interested. But we have to take an interest in our own survival. That's the bottom line, folks. That's what we've got to start doing. A few more items. The Israelis have been instrumental in financing the military buildup of Red China, much of much of it at your expense, because the $6 billion a year that is provided to Israel by your legislators, much of it goes to the Jewish arms dealing business, and much of that is sold to China. Where else are the Chinese going to spend their money, since our Jewish banksters have bankrupted America, and we can no longer afford to keep China's economy going by purchasing their junk? The reality is that Judaism is the synagogue of Satan, masquerading as angels of light. The Bible says so at Revelation 2.9 and 3.9, speaking of those who say they are Jews but are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. It is a historical fact that cannot be refuted that the Jewish banksters have financed communism, starting with the French Revolution and the Bolshevik Revolution, during which the Jews like Stalin, Lenin, and Trotsky butchered over 60 million Christians. Here are some quotations from Jews admitting that communism is Jewish. Quote, In all Bolshevik institutions, the heads are Jewish. We look on Bolshevism as a Jewish affair. 
There is a great national fervor among Jews in, in the behalf of communism. We believe that the promised time of victory for God's elect, namely Jews, is now, unquote, Asian Magazine, March 1920. So they even control the Asian press. Quote, some call it Marxism. I call it Judaism. Rabbi Stephen Wise, Chief Rabbi of the United States, the American Bulletin, May 15, 1935. There is much in the fact of Bolshevism, in the fact that the ideas of Bolshevism are consonant in agreement with the finest ideals of Judaism, unquote. The London Jewish Chronicle, April 4, 1919. What we Jews did in Russia through the Jewish brains and money power, we will accomplish in the United States, unquote. The American Hebrew, summer of 1919. They've just about done it, haven't they? Quote, we Jews are at the bottom of nearly all your wars and revolutions, not only of the Russian Revolution, but of every major revolution in history. We did it solely with the irresistible might of our Jewish spirit, with ideas and propaganda. Jewish author Marcus Eli Ravage, January 1928, issue of Century Magazine. Quote, the world Zionist movement is big business. In the first two decades after Israel's precarious birth of 1948, it channeled an estimated $4 billion in donations into the country. Following the 1967 Arab-Israeli War, the Zionists raised another $730 million in just two years. This year, 1970, the movement is seeking $500 million, Gottlieb Hammer, chief Zionist money raiser, said. When the blood flows, the money flows. Unquote. Lawrence Mosher, National Observer, May 18, 1970. Quote, we will offer the Christian world unheard of peace overtures, and these nations, stupid and decadent, will leap at the chance to be our friends. They will willingly cooperate in their own destruction. Then, when their guard is down and they have gone to sleep, we will smash them with our clenched fist, unquote. Dmitry Manulsky, Soviet diplomat, revealed in 1947. One final quotation, which should bring all of the above admissions into perspective, quote, When we sink, we become a revolutionary proletariat, the subordinate officers of all revolutionary parties. At the same time, when we rise, there rises also our terrible power of the purse, unquote. Theodore Herzl, founder of the modern Zionist movement in his book, The Jewish State, page 10. To bring our subject matter up to date, here is the perspective of columnist Charlie Reese, one of the few American journalists who has the guts to criticize the Israeli state. And that was in the Orlando Sentinel which was a haven of truth in the midst of Jewish lies. And I quote a lengthy quote here from Charlie Reese. The fact is, war is started by old men who never go near the war, and wars are always fought by the young. The king of Belgium once noted that it takes 20 years of peace to produce a man and 20 seconds of war to destroy him. Think about that. All that a young human being is, intelligence, health, youth, education, knowledge, 
potential accomplishments, reduced to a bloody pile of broken bones and guts in an instant. They are, are, they are strangers killing and being killed by strangers. War is mass murder, and no doubt part of the degradation of the human species is the fact that starting with the war between the states, the human toll of war has increased exponentially. It's ironic that wars take the healthiest and bravest, while the unhealthy and the cowardly manage to evade them. Look at all the draft dodgers of the Vietnam era, who suddenly, many of them Jews, suddenly became war hawks as soon as they were told, too old to go. (laughs) I've said it before. If I had children of war age, I would do everything in my power to dissuade them from joining the military. The present war is a bad war. It is not being fought to protect freedom, let alone the American people. Poor Cindy Sheehan, who bravely protested the war, finally gave up. She felt betrayed by the Democrats, by the anti-war movement. But the saddest thing of all, she said, was that she finally faced the fact that her son died for nothing. And sad as it is to say, it's true. The politicians and some of the media chicken hawks like to fork the fertilizer talking about sacrifices for freedom, sacrifices most of them studiously avoid ever making, but it's just fertilizer. Why did we go to war in Iraq? Because the president hated Saddam Hussein, because the Israeli lobby wanted us to, because the crazy neoconservatives, had, who are more Jews, by the way, had the insane idea that the Middle East could be democratized at the point of a gun because oil companies and other corporations lusted for profit. Missing is any threat to the safety and freedom of the United States, a threat no Iraqi ever made or ever had the capability of carrying out. So if you don't want to say the kids are dying for nothing, you can say they are dying for Halliburton, ExxonMobil, for the president's ego, for a cockamamie theory of a bunch of academics, for Israel, for money, or for oil. What you cannot truthfully say is that they are dying for freedom. The global war on terror is just a bad metaphor that doesn't have any connection to reality. How long are the American people going to allow liars to lull them into sacrificing the most precious treasure of the country that it has, its youth, in a futile, lie-ridden, corruption-packed war? In my dreams, I see the American people rising like a roaring lion and ripping the guilty politicians out of their offices. Almost happened on January 6, 2020, right, folks? But that is only a dream. The kind of people with the courage to do that lie moldering in millions of graves around the world. Finally, it is well known that the Jews run Hollywood. Oh, okay, sorry, that that was the end of the quote. Now, this is my speech again. Finally, it is well known that the Jews run Hollywood, the porno industry, the abortion industry, the feminist movement, the gay liberation movement, and a host of other subversive movements all of which are designed to overthrow Christian civilization. The Apostle Paul tells us that the Jews are a subversive element who both killed the Lord Jesus Christ and the prophets and have persecuted us and they please not God and are contrary to all men. 1 Thessalonians 2.15 In contrast to all of this unholy bloodshed that is being caused by Jewish financiers, warmongers, and global corporations, We white nationalists are actually doing everything we can to stop this bloodshed. But these global dictators, money launderers, and Zionist butchers 
call us homegrown terrorists. Can you believe this? The war machine calls us terrorists. Talk about chutzpah in contrast to these Jewish warlords. We are not financing any wars. We are not genociding the Palestinians. We are not practicing sex slavery. We don't own any munitions factories or sweatshops in foreign countries. We're not bankrupting America's homeowners. We're not sending your jobs to slave labor countries like Red China. We've never financed communism. We're not promoting abortion, infanticide, feminism, homosexuality, immorality, race mixing, culture suicide, and all the other rackets that the Jews are promoting at taxpayer expense, no less. We have never assassinated any presidents, but the Jews are guilty of all of these things. The fact is, folks, that when it comes to evil, the white separatists aren't guilty of one one-thousandth of what the Jews are guilty of, and the preachers of Judeo-Christianity still preach the lie day in and day out that the Jews are God's chosen people. Well, they are God's chosen people with a lowercase g, but that God is Satan, not Yahweh. Jesus said to the hypocrites of his day, before you criticize the most tiny speck in my eye, cast the log out of your eye, you hypocrites. Matthew 7, 3. Folks, the reality is that we are living under George Orwell's Big Brother dictatorship, and Big Brother is none other than Lord Rothschild of the Bank of England. He is your slave master. The sooner you realize that these Jewish banksters are public enemy number one, the sooner you will be on the road to recovery. But as long as you support their nefarious activities, you have my guarantee that America will continue its slide down to hell, paid for by your own tax dollars. I leave you with the words of some of America's greatest patriots. Quote, I believe that banking institutions are more dangerous to our liberties than standing armies. If the American people ever allow private banks to control the issue of their currency, first by inflation, then by deflation, the banks and corporations that will grow up around the banks will deprive the people of all property until their children wake up homeless on the continent that their fathers conquered. The issuing power should be taken from the banks and restored to the people to whom it properly belongs. Thomas Jefferson, third president of the United States. Quote, the people wonder why financial panics occur so frequently. I can tell them why. It is to the interest of the bankers and brokers that they should occur. It is one of the specious methods by which these despotic and utterly useless knaves rob the producing, manufacturing, and mercantile classes of their honest earnings. It is one of the chief plans by which this infamous ring is riveting the chains of slavery upon the limbs, limbs of labor. It is one of the chief means adopted to build up a money aristocracy that shall live in idle luxury and ape the pretentious heirs of European nobility, unquote. Daniel Webster. Should the stock of the bank principally pass into the hands of the subjects of a foreign country, and we should unfortunately become involved in a war with that country, what would be our condition? All its operations would be in the aid of the hostile fleets and armies without. Controlling our currency, receiving our public monies, and holding thousands of our citizens in dependence, it would be more formidable and dangerous than the naval and military power of the enemy. President Andrew Jackson, in his veto message to Congress, 
after refusing to renew the charter of the Second National Bank. Quote, The money power preys upon the nation in time of peace and conspires against it in times of adversity. It is more despotic than monarchy, more insolent than autocracy, more selfish than bureaucracy. I see in the near future a crisis approaching that unnerves me and causes me to tremble for the safety of our country. Corporations have been enthroned. Uh, Has this come true? (laughs) An era of corruption will follow, and the money power of the country will endeavor to prolong its reign by working upon the prejudice of the people. Yeah, pitting left against right, male against female, old against young, Republicans versus Democrats, etc. Until the wealth is aggregated in a few hands and the Republic is destroyed. Unquote. President Abraham Lincoln, November 24, 1864. Letter to Colonel William F. Elkins. The Lincoln Encyclopedia. Archer H. Shaw. Macmillan, 1950, New York. To demonstrate that the Rothschilds knew full well that the Greenbacks would destroy their hold over the American economy, this editorial was printed in the London Times explaining to the investors of the Bank of England, quote, If this mischievous financial policy, which has its origin in North America, shall become indurated down to a fixture, fixture rather, <laughs> then that, that government will furnish its own money without cost. Imagine that. No debt to Jewish banksters. It will pay off its debts and be without debt. It will have all the money necessary to carry on its commerce. It will become prosperous without precedent in the history of the world. The brains and wealth of all countries will go to North America. That country must be destroyed, or it will destroy every monarchy on the globe, unquote, which, of course, they all control. the Jews controlled all those monarchies. Quoted from the Hazard Circular, London Times, 1865. Another quote. The money power has established a more vicious form of universal slavery over the American people than ever was established over the American Negro from the conquest of poverty by G.G. McGeer. And one more quotation from Russia with love. Money is a new form of slavery. And distinguished and distinguishable from the old simply by the fact that it is impersonal, that there is no human relation between master and slave, Leo Tolstoy. So, folks, it is not true that white racism is, racism is the greatest evil in the world today. The greatest evil by far, there is no debating this point, is the evil practice of usury banking, which is forbidden by the Bible, folks, More proof that the Jews are great pretenders. The greatest evil in the world by far is the high Jew bank with all of the wars, revolutions, economic chaos, and social distress that goes along with the fractional reserve banking system. It is genocide by wealth. It is time to wake up, folks. If you want your country back, you have to put these genocidal maniacs on trial for their crimes. If you do not, there will be another revolution. In fact, that revolution has already begun, the second American Revolution. We beat the Bank of England twice already during the first American Revolution and again in the War of 1812. But the Bank of England has sunk its evil tentacles once again into the body politic of America. 
It is called the Federal Reserve Bank, the most evil institution America has ever known. So, folks, it's time to get some historical perspective. Break out of the Jewish matrix of deceit. You have been royally brainwashed, and it's time to wake up. Wake up, people. The time has come to get your whips and throw the money changers out of the temple. May our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ come quickly to avenge his enemies. Amen. So, that speech was very well received, by even by some of the blacks <laughs> in attendance there, because they had never heard anything like this. And so, here we are, one of these you know, so white terrorists, right? Uh creating all these evils for black people in America and for uh, for all the racial minorities too, right? Uh, hogwash. Absolute hogwash, folks. As long as the Jews control mass media, statements like this will never, will never see the light of day. Okay? All right, so let's, uh, let's see if I can find, well, I have one other here. Uh, yeah, I already talked about the, uh, let's see, Senate, please. Oh, okay, the marriage bill. All right, uh, I know where to find the uh, statement by, statement by uh, Chuck Baldwin. And he just, uh, I posted it on several chat groups on Skype. If, uh, if Skype will cooperate. <laughs> All right. Okay, let me try a different channel here. Uh, New Ensign. Let's see. Okay, because I know I posted it on, on several chat groups. Yes, here it is. Okay. All right, so this is Chuck Baldwin, who we know is a Judeo-Christian, although he seems to be waking up fast. And I know his... His congregation is a multi-culti. But he has the courage to speak out against the Jews. So here is Chuck Baldwin talking about a very similar subject. And, oh, hold on. you got to scroll back up. It's a fairly lengthy statement. July 28, 2022 by Chuck Baldwin. It's time to face reality. The evangelical church is now mostly nothing more than another brand of religious paganism. There is almost nothing Christian about it. Sounds like he's been listening to your folk radio. Granted, church edifices still have the tapestry, symbols, and ceremonies resembling historic Christianity. But it's all a ruse. The heart and soul of the Christian faith is dead in most evangelical churches. The most recent Gallup poll confirms what I'm saying. While biblical literalism has long been held as the most dominant method of interpreting Scripture among evangelicals, results of a new poll released by Gallup show that fewer than half of evangelicals and born-again Christians believe that the Bible should be taken literally. The poll found that just 40% of respondents who identify as evangelical or born again view the Bible as the actual Word of God. Have we been saying this on Eurofolk Radio for 20 or 30 years? 
and uh, the predecessors of Eurofolk Radio. In 2015, just under 60% of evangelical churches espoused a literal interpretation of Scripture. Data from Pew Research showed, that's P-E-W, Pew Research. Think about it. Just seven years ago, right at 60% of evangelical born-again Christians believed the Bible was the actual Word of God, which is still an abysmally low number. (laughs) But now, just seven short years later, only 40% of evangelical born-again Christians believe the Bible is the actual Word of God. What will the number be seven years from now? It's painfully obvious where these numbers are going. So here is your snapshot of today's evangelical churches. 60% of them do not believe the Bible is the actual Word of God. That means 60% of them do not believe in the deity of Christ, proven by his miracles and his resurrection from the dead. Because the Bible, the actual Word of God, dogmatically and ubiquitously teaches that Jesus is God in the flesh, equal with God the Father in all matters matters pertaining to deity. This means that 60% of evangelical born-again Christians are as lost and hell-bound as the most pagan person on the planet. They have not God's grace, mercy, redemption, or forgiveness of sins. Didn't Paul predict these events in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and in 1 Timothy when he said that even among the Israelites, the Christians, that the unrighteousness would run rampant. And But he also in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 said that there would be a great falling away the great apostasy of Christendom from the true faith. Here it is, folks. I'm surprised he doesn't quote that uh, quote that chapter, but he's probably not even aware of it. All right, so this helps to clear up how the church can be as self-righteous, materialistic, arrogant, and self-absorbed as, well, Donald Trump. <laughs> you see... The reason the evangelical church loves Trump is because they are just like him, full of carnality, pride, self-exaltation, and the love of money. Is it a surprise, then, that a blasphemous new book about Trump written by a so-called Christian that proclaims that Trump is the fulfillment of Christ as the Son of Man would be the latest testament to the blasphemous relationship that evangelicals have had with Trump since 2016. So what is the cause? This is me asking the question. What is the cause of this revolt against true Christianity among these formerly Christian faithful? Isn't it Jewish subversion of Christianity? Isn't that the real cause of all these things? Let's see if he goes there. Such continued blasphemy by evangelicals regarding Trump simply drives the final nails into the coffin of this false church. And there yet is one more glaring sign that the evangelical church has morphed into paganism. It's love for and infatuation with pagan Israel. Are you listening, folks? Yep. He said Israel. He hasn't said the J word, though. 
let's clear this up right here now. The Zionist state of Israel in Palestine created in 1914 by the Rothschilds. He has been listening to Eurofolk Radio and the United Nations is not the Israel of the Old Testament. It is not a fulfillment of biblical prophecy. It is no longer the Holy Land, and the Ashkenazi Jews that reside there are not God's chosen people. Whoa! Did I read that correctly? I hope I did. Neither is Judaism the religion of the Israelites under Moses. In fact, you won't find the word Judaism mentioned in the Bible one time. (coughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I need to take a sip here. Excuse me. I'm getting all choked up. Judaism is the religion of the Pharisees, as I just quoted from the Jewish Encyclopedia. He should quote that to add authority to his statement. Judaism is the religion of the Pharisees, who were the mortal enemies of the Lord Jesus Christ and whose spiritual descendants remained the mortal enemies of Christ and his church. Judaism is as pagan as Islam. Correction, it is more pagan than Islam. Compare how the Jewish Talmud and the Muslim Quran treat the Lord Jesus Christ. In the Talmud, quote, Jesus was born out of wedlock, Mishnah, Yamamoth, 4.13, to his mother, Miriam, and her lover, Pantera, from Shabbat 104b. She is said to have been the descendant of princes and rulers and to have played the harlot with a carpenter, Sanhedrin 106a. Jesus spent time in Egypt from where he learned magic. He was a magician who deceived and led Israel astray. He mocked at the words, of the wise, was tainted with heresy, and was thus excommunicated, Sanhedrin 107b. Quote, he called himself God, also the Son of Man, and said that he would go up to heaven, Jerusalem to Anit 65a. He had five disciples, Sanhedrin 43a. He was tried as a deceiver and as a teacher of apostasy, Tosefta Sanhedrin 10 Verse 11, Jerusalem Sanhedrin, 25 CD. Quote, He was executed on the eve of Passover, which was also the eve of the Sabbath, by being stoned. Tosefta Sanhedrin, 9 verse 7. He, under the name of Balaam, was put to death by Pinchas the robber when he was 33 years old. Sanhedrin, 106b. He was punished in Gehenna by the means of boiling excrement, Gittin 56b and 57a. Under the name of Balaam, he is one of those excluded from the world to come, Mishnah Sanhedrin 10.2. In the Quran, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. Jesus was strengthened by the Holy Spirit. Jesus was given revelation by Allah. Jesus was taken bodily into heaven and is coming again. Jesus was a miracle worker. Allah sent the gospel to Jesus. Jesus spoke when he was two days old. Obviously, neither religion recognizes Jesus for who he really is, the God of creation, the creator made flesh, the perfect God-man, the savior and redeemer of the world, 
according to Chuck Baldwin, the king of kings and lord of lords. Both religions are pagan belief systems. But please notice the difference in respect or lack thereof. For Jesus, between the Talmud and the Koran, the Talmud blasphemes Christ in the most vulgar terms. The Koran speaks of Christ with dignity and respect, even though it subjects Christ to Muhammad, which even Muhammad know, now knows is an egregious error. So if you would objectively analyze the two false religions of Judaism and Islam, you would be forced to conclude that Judaism is a much more pagan than Islam. Yet evangelical Christians nationwide worship the state of Israel and publicly express the murderous desire to completely annihilate the Muslim countries of the world, even uh, not to mention the white world, even though the gospel of Christ is spreading faster in the Muslim world right now than almost anywhere else on earth. I'm not sure about that. Evangelist Jimmy Swaggart recently said on his televised broadcast that the only way God can bless the United States is for the U.S. to bless Israel. That lie has been regurgitated millions of times on television and radio, in books and magazines, and from pastors and evangelists nationwide. And it is one of the biggest lies ever told. Let's see. We have been blessing Israel since its inception in 1948. We have provided billions of dollars of aid, including the most sophisticated military equipment on earth, even nuclear weapons. We have given it military protection, even at the cost of fighting foreign wars and shedding American blood, fought primarily for the purpose of defending Israel. We have willingly allowed untold members of U.S. citizens and military personnel to be slaughtered at the hands of the Israeli state. On behalf of Israel, the U.S. military has murdered millions of innocent people all over the Middle East and Northern Africa. He's not holding back, is he? <laughs> but he won't say the J word. We have given Israel unfettered access to every level of government within the United States. 35 states of the United States have passed laws making it a crime to not do business with Israel. Some states have even made it illegal to criticize Israel in public schools and colleges. Israel would literally go belly up without taxpayer assistance from the U.S. Treasury and the billions of Yankee dollars spent by Christian Zionist tourists who flock to Israel each year. Furthermore, the U.S. has covered up the ethnic cleansing, genocide, and apartheid persecution of the Palestinian people for 74 years. No, it's not the U.S., it's the Jew-controlled media. We collaborated with Israel in the attempted murder of the entire crew of the USS Liberty in 1967. <laughs> Praise Yahweh for the plain truth, plainly spoken. We covered up the brutal torture and deaths of over 80 Egyptian soldiers since 1967. We covered up the Israeli assassination of a much-respected Middle Eastern journalist who was an American citizen. We continuously looked the other way when the Israeli military murders Palestinian children in cold blood, and evangelicals casually turn a blind eye to the fact that Israel is one of the biggest promoters of abortion on demand. In Israel, the state provides funding to murder an unborn baby right up to the moment of birth. And, of course, they promote it here in America. And that Tel Aviv is the global epicenter of the world's largest exporter of sodomite behavior. 
We have been Israel's sugar daddy for 74 years. So tell me, where are God's blessings on America for all of this benevolence? Are our public schools providing a better education to our children now than in 1948? Are our political institutions more constitutional and liberty-oriented? Are our streets safer? Are our schools safer? Are our political leaders more honest and God-fearing? Are our military, or our families rather, in better condition than in 1948? Are the U.S. dollar and our overall financial condition superior to that of 1948? Are our television programs and movies more wholesome and family-friendly? Is our culture cleaner and more honorable? Do we have less alcoholism and drug addiction now than in 1948? Are our country's borders more stable now than in 1948? Are there less mass shootings of innocent people now than in 1948? Are our churches more holy? Are our pastors more godly and courageous? Do young people treat their parents and other adults with with more respect than they did in 1948? Are police personnel as much a friend to the citizens they work for and the Constitution they swore an oath to preserve as they were in 1948? Apparently, he doesn't realize that a lot of these cops that are very brutal get training in Israel. Are our liberties more secure now than in 1948? Do we have more freedom to keep and bear arms than we did in 1948? So, Mr. Swaggart, Mr. Jeffress, Mr. Hagee, Mr. Graham, Mr. Copeland, Mr. MacArthur, Mr. Evans, Mr. Jeremiah, who is a Jew, by the way, and Al, where are all of these divine blessings America is supposed to receive for blessing Israel? Where are they? God is not blessing America. He is judging America. And among the reasons why God is judging America is its unholy, worship-like alliance with pagan Antichrist Israel and the departure of evangelical churches from bedrock biblical truth. Well, how's them apples? (laughs) How's them apples, folks? Truth, very well spoken by a Judeo-Christian minister. Now we know why the Jews and and the Rothschilds started the COVID pandemic, as David Goldberg announced in his audio, it was a YouTube video at one time, in 2019, before the COVID thing started, it might have actually been 2018, he stated that the Rothschilds are very concerned because the American people are no longer supporting Israel the way they used to. They did a poll and noticed that only 20%, the 20% of Americans don't support Israel. And that was like a tenfold increase from the, the uh, you know, the, the previous polls. So the American people are waking up to the fact that we should not be supporting that racist, supremacist, apartheid Jewish state. We shouldn't be supporting that country. Nevertheless, the mainstream churches are still all behind that evil Antichrist country. I think maybe the churches have to go before we can get rid of the the Jews. 
Obadiah will be confirmed. They shall be as they as if they had never been. Folks, it's getting serious. We're getting right close to the very end. Right close to the very end. And it's not going to get better because there's going to be bloodshed. Lots of bloodshed in America, according to, of course, the George Washington's prophecy, the threefold prophecy that he saw foresaw at Valley Forge. So we see that Baal worship is on the rise, okay? So we have about 10 minutes left, so I have time to do this last item about the, uh, the Baal worship going on in London at the Commonwealth Games. And uh, let me see, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to drop this into the chat room. Baal worship was blatant and in-your-face at the Commonwealth 2022 opening ceremony, August 3, by John Watkins, okay? Folks, people are waking up painfully. It's painfully slow. It's a painfully slow process. But they are waking up. As I have said in the past, it's a race against time. Either we will wake up and destroy this despotic mystery Babylon regime of Jewish moneylenders and Talmudic Satanism, or they will destroy us. We know that the Holy Scriptures tell us that Jesus Christ will come to our rescue. Should it require that? Should it require that? We need to organize now. We need to organize the resistance against all this unholy superpower activity of the Talmudic Jews and their banksters. So this article by Chuck Baldwin is a sign that people are beginning to wake up. And I guarantee you that there are hundreds, if not thousands, of pastors who understand and agree with what he has just written but they're afraid to do it. Absolutely afraid to do it. So, let's talk about Baal worship, because that's what this is, a pagan Baal worship. Baal was the god of the Canaanites. Hey, folks. I have not made a deal with the devil to to leave me alone like most of the limp wristed fall preachers have. We desperately need your financial help and your prayers, blah, blah, blah. If you want to go there and donate to this outfit, it's exposingsatanism.org. Hosea 4.6, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. I will also reject thee, that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. Whoa. Isn't that what's happening to the white race across the world, which used to be Christian? We have abandoned Christianity in favor of paganism or, and or materialism, which is just another form of paganism. As with other satanic opening ceremonies around the world, this one was no different. It was a mass satanic witchcraft ritual that thousands participated in, watched with glee, ignorant of what they were taking part in and watching. 
Well, I guess they, they traveled all the way there and paid money, so they might as well enjoy it. <laughs> Romans 11.8, according as it is written, God hath given them the spirit of slumber, eyes that they should not see, and ears that they should not hear unto this day. Granted, most of the people participating and watching are not God's people, children, both will perish because of a lack of biblical understanding and knowledge. Instead of rejecting evil, most embrace it. First Thessalonians 5.22 Abstain from all appearance of evil, unquote. They hold these demonic rituals in order to open portals that allow fallen angels and demons to enter from the spiritual realm, that's of course what CERN is all about, into the physical realm to either take possession of humans or literally take physical form themselves. Demonic influence and possession are now on the rise globally, especially in the region of Catholicism. Oh, sorry, religion of Catholicism. Really? I think, is this a, a Catholic website? It might be. And that is not me saying it. It is them. <laughs> Rituals are tools of summoning to bring demonic entities into this world. The more people that are involved in the ritual, the more powerful the summoning. That is exactly why these Luciferian rituals are being performed by the hundreds of participants in public arenas where tens of thousands of people are watching in person. This is a deliberate strategy to increase the power of the summoning, allowing increasingly powerful demonic entities to enter this world through the open portals. Footage from the opening ceremony of the 2022 Commonwealth Games in the city of Birmingham, that's England, not uh, Georgia, or I mean Alabama, clearly ushering in the worship of Baal, with the presenter quoting, quote, he will be revealed as an iconic symbol of light. Yeah, is that Lucifer? Is that what Lucifer means? Angel of light? He, Baal, a.k.a. Lucifer, Satan, the fallen angel, is who they are speaking of. Second Corinthians eleven thirteen to fifteen. For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And no marvel, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it is no great thing if this his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. Okay. Are we talking about all of the Judeo-Christian churches? Yes, we are. They're all apostate. They got to go. And the Rothschilds and the international Jew will see to it that they are eliminated. But they will be eliminated before we are because we are a more difficult target. These people who basically worship Baal by having rejected our Messiah, will not understand why they have fallen into the displeasure of Yahweh God. They will not understand why. But neither were the Israelites who participated, the Judahites who participated in the execution of Christ as egged on by the Pharisees. They thought they were doing the right thing too. No, that's why the law is paramount in our teaching. We cannot allow ourselves to divorce ourselves from the law take a few minutes to watch this video and then read the info about Baal and the beast okay so with about less than two minutes left
Who was Baal? What did Baal worship involve? Why did some people worship Baal instead of God? Of course, this is, he's talking about the Israelites here. It was the Israelites who sank into Baal worship. Our people, just as they have done today, they trust Baal's medicos, Baal's drugs, apothecaries, pharmacia, instead of trusting his law for good health which I'm having to relearn, by the way, <laughs> getting rid of uh, processed carbohydrates. It is the same answer for the modern-day church. Yes, they're just as evil today as the Israelites who were practicing Baal worship. How then is Satan God of this world? Because the gospel is hidden The phrase God of this world or God of this age indicates that Satan is the major influence in the ideals, opinions, goals, and hopes and views of the majority of people. That is correct. So there are at least a few honest Christians out there trying to warn the Judeo-Christian world of what the problem is. But they're so busy snorting cocaine and getting high and dancing around the, uh, the maypole that... They can't, they don't see what's going on. All right, folks, thanks for listening. Praise Yahweh, pass the ammunition. We just discussed the state of the race in great, gory detail. We have to do something about this. Your prayers for our people. Yahweh, please protect our people and awaken our people in these last days. Amen. See you all tomorrow. Bye-bye, everybody.